0: Today's episode is sponsored by GeoPetric. GeoPetric loves your pet. Their goal is to provide quality first, eco-friendly pet products. They offer stylish apparel to represent the connection you and your pet have. GeoPetric is embedded with the conscientious consumer in mind. That's why their gear is made in America, providing fair wage employment using eco-friendly material, including recycled bottles and vegan cork leather. Geo Petric is also extremely charitable. They continue to partner with animal rescue and adoption programs across the globe to support their fundraising efforts with donations. When you shop, you save. Shelter animals across the globe appreciate the kindness and compassion of their shoppers. Another cool thing about Geo Petric, they allow you to pup cycle your old gear. Do you have old collars and leashes sitting around? Don't throw that stuff away, send it to your pals at Geopetric to get an amazing discount on your next purchase. Get it, Pup Cycle? Yeah, you got it. You can visit Geopetric on their website at www.geopetrick.com. That's G-E-O-P-E-T-R-I-C.com. Geopetrick. If you use the special promo code Dogenstein20, you'll receive 20% off your next order. Dogenstein, of course being the instagram name that we use for our dogs here at the shameless picture show uh my dogs ralphie and frankenstein you can find them on instagram under the name Dogenstein. so once again that's d-o-g-e-n-s-t-e-i-n 20 all one word to get your special 20% off so once again visit them at www.geopetrick.com and find some cool stuff before we start this episode, I just want to pay a little tribute to one of my favorite character actors of all time. He has showed up in a lot of films I've I've loved, and he's very famously a that-guy actor. Uh, he's an actor I'm sure you all know the face of, even if you don't know who he is. Uh, this past week, famous... At least famous to me, actor Dick Miller, passed away at the age of 90, um, fantastic talent, he's got just a really gruff, interesting voice and face, and has left an indelible mark on myself. And a lot of a lot of other cinema fowl, Sorry, cinephiles. Yeah, some of you might know his one of his best performances ever was uh, Roger Corman's Bucket of Blood. But a lot of you guys will know him as the the crotchety neighbor in Gremlins One and Two. He's the garbage man in The Burbs. He worked a lot of Joe Dante, and uh, he's in a deleted scene in Pulp Fiction. Just look up Dick Miller. You'll know him. You'll know his face. And uh, yeah, he's no longer with us. So I'm just gonna play you a little bit of an interview he did once upon a time that I really appreciate, and then we'll start the show as normal.
1: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't work again as an actor until I was, uh, oh, much later after the, after the service. I was with a friend of mine, and we were going up to meet Roger, purely social, uh, in the conversation he said, where are you from? I'm from New York. What do you do? I'm a writer. Oh yeah, well I don't need any writers, I need uh, actors. I said, I'm an actor. Uh, he says, all right, fine. We want to play an Indian for me? I said, sure, play an Indian for me. Started off as a, as a low man on a totem pole, but the actors, uh, Lance Fuller, I remember, was one of the actors, and, and he said, well, you've got to shoot this guy. He said, well, I'm busy up here. I'm he's I'm, I'm in a good position. Uh, Dick, you shoot him. OK, I'll shoot him. To make a long story short, by the end of this film, I had shot everybody in the picture. So I was, in the, I was now number one Indian. And he said, uh, you wanna play cowboy? I said, starting another picture? He says, no, no, same picture. I said, okay, I'll play a cowboy for you. And uh, wound up playing a cowboy and an Indian. I almost killed myself in the last scene. You played a cowboy and in an Indian in the same picture? Same picture, first picture, that was it. Was that an Apache woman? That- Apache woman, yes. Warning! This movie podcast
0: actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements endings,
1: surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation The Shameless Picture Show.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shameless Picture Show. I'm your host, Michael Byers, and joining me on today's episode is my beautiful and talented wife. Amanda. You've listened to enough episodes now that you kind of know the flow of it. Um,
2: I've been on enough
0: episodes. That's true. You have been on enough episodes. Uh, I've stopped counting, but it's definitely over five.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I stopped counting as like, oh, it's gonna be like a really high number. <laughs> it's definitely over five.
0: Well, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna count, <laughs> see how many episodes you're in, and I will report back. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll see how long this episode ends up being because even though it's it's a triple feature, the, the films don't have a whole lot of meat on their bones. too like the the later films kind of do because he's tackling more, but yeah. Um, however, I chose these films for a reason, and it's to celebrate the belated 73rd birthday. Of the mayor of Trommelville and a hero of mine, Lloyd Kaufman.
2: I didn't think he was seventy three.
0: Yeah, it's like he he uh
2: I mean I guess he has a grandkid.
0: He has like two grandkids. Oh really? Yeah. He doesn't look seventy three.
2: No, he doesn't.
0: And it's also weird to think that like I didn't think he was that old. I thought I would would have sworn he was like in his sixties. Yeah. I would not have so I would have not have thought seventies. But uh, on today's episode, we'll be discussing three Nukem High films. First up, we have Class of Nukem High 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown. While not directed by Lloyd, the screenplay was written by Uncle Lloyd and a few others, and was directed by Eric Wazil. The film takes place right after the original film, and instead of rebuilding Nukem High, a community college was constructed instead by the Newcomama Corporation. Our lead, Roger, played by pro wrestler Brick Bronsky. Is a school journalist looking for a scoop, and once he digs into how Nuka Mama and the school's science teacher are connected, a devious plot unfolds.
2: Nuka Mama.
0: Nuka Mama. I've always thought that was fun. (laughs) It's it's one of the few times that Lloyd has not used trauma in the name of something. Right. So that's what it it just feels off because the next film, it's the Troma Organic Foodstuffs. Right,
2: everything's (laughs) trauma.
0: Well, it's Tromaville, so it makes sense.
2: But not everything's Milwaukee.
0: (laughs) It should be. It should be. Um, after that, we'll be discussing Latoids. Litoid, we'll be discussing Lloyd's return to the franchise with the epic two-part Return to Newcomb High series. In this film, which starts with a fun summary by Stanley himself, he finds out. We, oh, sorry, we find out everything in the previous two sequels has been ignored. Nukem High has been rebuilt, and the school is as rough and dangerous as ever. The film shares a very similar plot to the original about a group of nerdy students getting mutated into horrible cretins, but Lloyd brings his own brand of socially aware commentary to the film by making a pro-LGBT film about two young female lovers who rise up to stop the cretin and to stop the evil Herzkopf that runs the Trome Organic Foodstuffs conglomerate. For the sake of time, we're going to run through the trailers for all three films now. Hey guys, editor's note real quick. Um, As per usual, you play the trailers right here issue is these three trauma movies do not have the most sonically pleasing trailers uh the first trailer which is class of Nukem high 2 is just the theme song with images underneath of it so these trailers might not do a whole lot for you but to keep on brand i have chosen to just keep them in for better or for worse uh however it's no worse than when we had the black christmas trailer that was probably the the worst uh sonic experience of the show um i'm sorry if these trailers are not very interesting i'm working with what i have thanks a lot guys
1: Pressies. It was incredible. And I saw the whole thing turn right into a big mess of green goo. So you'd say you witnessed a sub-humanoid, sub-humanoid meltdown? <laughs> what <Meltdown>? life <laughs> Class- 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 <laughs> is full of miserable chores and like washing windows and fighting in wars. <laughs> Everything for us, subhumanoids to the jobs demeaning. so good, it's almost like you've got a mouth down there. Some humanoids are never born from female egg and semen seed. They're being made from night till dawn. They're the ultimate product of corporate greed. When you kiss them, if they're smelly, they got an extra set of lips in the button of their belly. thought college would have turned out like this a swaggering bulldozer of a flick Let me take you back, back to where it all began, to a small town in New Jersey. Our heroes, Warren and Chrissy, saved the day by blowing up the nuclear power plant and the school therein,
2: eliminating evil and setting things back to normal.
1: Look, laddie, I want my ultra cheap foodstuffs in every school in New Jersey at inflated prices. That is the basis of our plan, and you know it. Uh, help! Brown
2: nosing little rich girl labor intramural ping pong. I love you, Kevin. I know you'll never leave me. <laughs>
1: This is settling over Tromaville. High school, just like the one you attended. The student body, young, fresh-faced teenagers in a small town. A crazed foodstuffs mogul with a nefarious plot that will enslave all citizens of Tromaville. And the world. What price immortality?
0: Will they survive?
1: of my love my little rachel Uh maddox return to nukem high volume two coming soon
2: previous two sequels yes there's one we didn't watch
0: yes there there's um or a class of nukem high three i do not remember the name of this of the film but i want to look it up now
2: so lloyd didn't do that one either
0: i don't believe so it's, it's the same thing with the Tusk Avenger films. Like, I think 2 and 3 were directed by another person. Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. Oh. That's the name of that one. And that film was directed by Eric Wazil again. So
2: does that one follow the events of Newcomb he, High 2?
0: Yep, and it stars yes. Brick Bronski, that guy, yes. and... Which, by the way, I was looking through the cast of *Return to Newcom High*, and it looks like Brick Bronsky had a short cameo in that film. He did. Yeah, did I didn't. See, I don't know. I didn't see a muscle-bound guy with a blonde mullet, so I didn't notice. Maybe
2: he was with that one part where the woman was with the oh, crazy hair. It could be because it just—you just saw her in passing.
0: Yeah, and that's when they also brought back Cigar Face and yeah, a couple so other. Yeah, maybe
2: he was in that part.
0: It very um, well could be.
2: But the only reason I recognized her is because of her stupid hair. <laughs> Yeah, that was basically a ripoff of Marge Simpson's.
0: Pretty much, but if you ask Lloyd, the Simpsons ripped off them. No,
2: of course.
0: Yeah, even though they actually talk about that in the commentary a little bit, it's like it's like uh, the Simpsons ripped us off, and the woman who plays that character is like, no, that came out first, Lloyd.
2: Yeah, but that sounds (laughs) like a Lloyd thing.
0: Yeah, so. Except we're not, we're not going to do the normal format where we discuss each film. This is going to be kind of an open-flowing conversation because we watched Class of Newcomb High 2 so long ago. And it's even when we watched it... Ago. Well, not that long like a week or two ago. But even when we watched it, you're like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot to talk about on this.
2: No, it just... I don't know. I really didn't like that one a whole lot. Why? It just didn't...
0: I didn't like it either, but for sake of conversation...
2: It just didn't feel right. Like, I just feel like it it had some of the same jokes, but it, I mean, I know this is weird because, like, Lloyd's whole thing, his whole shtick is inexpensively made movies, Mm -hmm. but, like, it just felt too cheap like not like
0: yeah but yet at the same time it also felt like it had a little it, it felt like it had more money than than the original class of newcomb high yeah like, but it didn't know what cool but like and didn't didn't know what to do with that money
2: yeah i feel like like the sets kind of sucked Mm-hmm. and like the actual way it was shot wasn't great i didn't really care about any of the characters
0: you didn't like roger smith not really journalist not really he's who kind a, of annoying who had a really bad body odor as per the jokes in the movie
2: it's annoying. I'm sure it was the mullet, not the body odor. He can tell himself it was the body odor, but whatever.
0: All right, I think it was really the mullet. But no, the, the film is weird, too, because, like, so the movie was shot in California, mm-hmm. and it looks like it was shot in California, but it's still supposed to take place in in Charmaville, New Jersey. Yeah. And, like, I, I was thinking about it, because I was rewatching scenes from the original class of Newcomb High, and I realized, like, what's missing is, surprisingly, I've always felt Lloyd had a pretty good eye for composition, And um, like that original Class of Nukem High, while made really cheaply, has a really nice look to it. And probably some of that is because it was shot on film. Yeah. But like it just um, – all all the Newcomb High films up until the new ones were shot on film, but they had a completely different look to it. And part of it I think was because Lloyd using New York to his advantage and finding these really unique locations and not everything was – not everything was a built set. He was just finding stuff and shooting yeah. it, it. It felt like he was just running and gunning and shooting a movie yeah. where I felt like the sequels had a little bit more money and – the effects were fucking cool. They put all that money into the effects, mm-hmm. but it just felt like it lost some of the charm. And
2: yeah. I
0: mean, oh, continue.
2: Keep in mind, it's been a really long time since I've seen the first one, because I think that was one of the first movies you showed me. Like Probably. When I bought you Return to Nukem High, I'm pretty sure we went back and watched the first one, and that was like five years ago.
0: Um, but Yeah, but you saw some of the clips.
2: Yeah, but, I, but I'm saying, like, i You know, so I guess... Keep in mind, my memory of that might not be the greatest, but that's kind of what I mean, is like, yes, I know Lloyd shoots things inexpensively, but it feels like he still does a good job with doing it inexpensive, whereas um, the second one just didn't really feel like they were good filmmakers.
0: Yeah, and Eric Lozile has had quite a long career making trauma esque films, but I guess it just lost it didn't lack the charm that comes yeah. from it. It just felt like someone trying to make a Lloyd Kaufman film. Yeah. Um and like little things that I appreciate the way Lloyd's always used actors, like he'll use a lot like it just it just didn't feel the, the actors in the original class of Nukemai had a a homegrown, like real quality. Yeah. Where every everyone in the in. Class of Nukem High 2 just felt cast.
2: Yeah, and like, yeah, they didn't feel natural at all. And maybe that part of that might have been intentional since there were so many, like, subhumans, so they were supposed to be weird. But like, yeah, it didn't feel natural.
0: Yeah, I can, yeah. Um, And we keep, we've talked about it a lot, but there's some really cool effects in this movie. I think, let me see if I took any notes on this film. Um, Because that's really the standout of this film. Like, there's some fantastic use of, I guess I did not take notes on this film That sounds like me um, There's fantastic use of stop motion uh, yeah. All the creature effects Are really cool uh, Some great uses of forced perspective Like when the um, If you hear walking around it's our dogs They don't like the fact that we're just sitting around And not paying attention to them So that's the foot the foot sounds you're going to hear But if you've been listening to the show long enough You are used to it by now Um but, no, there's like, a great scene where like this mutated rat comes out of like a lunchbox. And they this yeah. forced perspective on that, that was, was super cool. cool. And it kind of felt like a monster, especially because they're shooting in California. It felt like a a Power Rangers monster. Yeah. Which I really appreciated, too. It was like, oh, the story and the acting in this film is fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, but the effects are all really cool. Effects are really cool. And that's, I feel like, what's going to bring me back to it. Because like the story in this film is so... Tromaville High has been rebuilt by the Nuka Mama Corporation into Tromaville Institute of Technology, which is a a, a typical Lloyd joke because it stands for Tit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, in this school, you have a science teacher who's working who's working on a secret experiment, and she she sends out a a a bulletin board. Like or not, she puts on a bulletin board looking for volunteers for a crazy sex experiment. So our lead character, Brick Bronski, or his name is Roger, but I think Brick Bronski is a such cooler name. Yeah. Um, he signs up. It's so weird.
2: And mind you, like he's like the most stereotypical, like attractive, pretty boy kind of thing. But
0: he, he's a professional wrestler, so he's got like a big bod. Yeah. He's got a bleached bond mullet, and their mullet's
2: kind of gross. But like, yeah.
0: Well, for the time, it was. Probably That's fair. attractive. Um, so, 91, yeah, that was probably attractive at the time.
2: My dad had a mullet in 91 when he graduated high school, so there's pictures of it.
0: Yeah, I've seen those pictures. There's <laughs> a hell of a mullet.
2: Um, but, yeah, but his whole shtick is he doesn't. He can't get laid because he has a really bad body odor.
0: Yeah, so and it was like. He signs
2: up because he's like, hell yeah.
0: And, like, they also, like, make his character out to be, like, like a fucking nerd. And while he could be, but he's. His stilted acting and his bodybuilder physique and the fact that he's always wearing, like, a pink, like, tank top. It's like, there's no way this guy can't get laid.
2: Right, and, like, he, they could have made him into a nerd, but,
0: like... They could have at least put some glasses on him.
2: <laughs> but, like... <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah, obviously, being a nerd doesn't mean you can't have muscles or anything like that, because that's whatever. But they, nothing about him scream nerd. Not yeah. a single thing. Yeah. Like, they could have done something to make it, like, okay.
0: I, I always appreciated... Remember when we watched the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Yeah. Where they find out they're twins at birth. And since Schwarzenegger's character was, like, born on an island, like, all he has to do is read and, like, lift weights. Yeah. They made that work where he's, yeah. like, he's a fucking nerd, but he's muscle-bound. But I can guarantee he, had, he probably had no trouble getting laid yeah so like I don't care how bad his body odor is I'm sure he could have though there is a great like montage like not a montage but like a little scene near the beginning of the film when he goes back to his dorm and he he hits play on his messages and it's all the girls he's asked out telling him all the (laughs) different reasons they can't go out with him yeah and he's just like oh man another weekend alone like he just (laughs) doesn't get it
2: Roger, It's Sophia. Thanks for the invite, but that's the
1: same day. I'm going to the eye doctor, so maybe another time, okay? Hi, Roger. It's Linda. Can't make it tonight. I'm already going out with Steve. (coughs) Sorry. Better luck next time.
2: (coughs) Hi, Roger. It's Linda. I asked my friends about you, and they told me I'd be better off being a water bug. Bye. Hi Roger, it's Jill. Listen, I didn't have the heart to tell you, but Mark and I are going steady again thanks to you. Your phone message made Mark so jealous we got back together. Now we're having sex about six times a day. Gotta go, Mark's here and we're gonna try that position 99.
1: Nice work! Hi, Roger, it's Andrea. Your You're article's welcome. on page one. So bad, I don't think I can... Thank you, Captain. Thank you. Do something about the B.O. Well, if I can't get laid, at least I get to see my name in print. Captain one sex bed, boy, do I ever. First come, first served. Quarter to five. Better get going. Roger, you stink. Roger, it's me, your mother. Have you met a nice girl yet?
0: So he signs up for this weird sex experiment with this. Woman who comes out and she doesn't say anything and they start getting to it, but she's got a mouth where her belly button is. And
2: those effects were not great.
0: No, but they're (laughs) really fucking creepy because they had teeth. Yeah, they had and like they like it's part animatronic and part real. Yeah, and. Um, he makes love with this woman. She, he's blindfolded so he doesn't see it. And he, there's, there's a really dumb joke where you know she's kissing him, but then her belly button is kissing him. And he's like, it's like you have two mouths. It's like, how do you not feel that? Right. <laughs> uh, and then we find out this woman was created by the scientist and. Co- who's working with the Nuka Mama Corporation with the intent of making these subhumanoids that are like slaves. They'll do all the things that we don't want them to, we don't want to do. Like, they'll clean for us. They will clean for us. Probably shovel for us. They'll have sex with us and they don't have a real thought of their own. So, it feels like there's there's some social commentary trying to go through. I just can't quite figure out what Lloyd's getting at. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that their their like ecosystem, their balance is really calm down, Frankie. <laughs> their 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 balance is like their of their ecosystem is really um, light. Can't think of the word I'm looking for. Where like they they melt down really easily. Oh yeah. And uh, we I, I still well there's,
2: there's that virus. That's why they're melting down. Yes,
0: you're right. There's a virus that or is whatever. attacking the subhumanoids or whatever, and then they start melting down. And that's where we get the title "Subhumanoid Meltdown." Yeah. And I still haven't figured out if the people are the subhumanoids or the creatures living inside of them are the subhumanoids. Because uh, it's a full diff- it's a whole creature inside of them. They have like yeah. a whole thing inside of them, and yeah, it's really it's really weird. Um, it's also strange too. Like once the subhumanoids are like. Become a bigger part of the picture. Like, there's that weird montage of like the belly buttons, yeah. the belly button mouths, and <laughs> yeah. like, one, some, of, and everything. some of them got mustaches <laughs> and they're like making out with each other. It's super fucking weird. Um,
2: I guess I kind of just assumed that when she made the subhumanoids, like, the human was part of the sub, like, all of it is the subhumanoid, including the creature inside of it. But I guess I didn't really think about like yeah. maybe she. Put those creatures in people,
0: and then like some of the things that I like. I guess I do. I will say I appreciate about this film. One, as I said at the beginning, there's not a lot of meat on the bones in this film, so it's going to be hard to really break down. Um, but some of the things I did like, I appreciated that um, for once. While there is a bad guy in this film, it's like the dean of the school. Mm-hmm. Lloyd really likes to cast really fat, sweaty guys,
2: <laughs> right,
0: who are like the dean or principal, and then you know they're evil. I appreciate that. We the principal of the or not the principal the science teacher of the film doesn't seem like she's evil. She was like you get the impression that she's making these subhumanoids to make the world a better place. Some yeah, no,
2: I fully believe that. And she calls them her kids, like she seems to legitimately care about them, and they call her mom. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like she had this idea of what she wanted to do, and he kind of was like, oh, let's create this thing, and like made it into a bigger worst thing that it actually was. But like her original intent was like, oh, I have this really cool idea.
0: I can't help, but think about Jurassic world where it's like, you got the guy who's like, I want to train raptors. And the other guy's like, we got to militarize raptors.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. Sad. She's it's like, I want to create these, these people that'll be my children. And he's like, well, let's, let's make them evil. And
0: I didn't know I wanted it until now, but I feel like there needs to be a double feature of Class of Nukem high two and Jurassic world. That'd be a really fucking weird double feature. I'm trying to think, though, like,
2: what was the Dean's reason for wanting them? Did they ever really say?
0: I honestly don't remember.
2: Because, like, the whole issue of the film ended up being the meltdown and that he was in love with yeah one subhumanoid, but, like, they weren't supposed to love, so, like, that was the thing but I don't remember what actually was the Dean's purpose. Like, why was he a bad guy other than he just kind of seemed like a dick.
0: I'm looking that up real quick. I think that, I think that is the, the whole point. Like he, he they, they, cause these people are, these subhumanoids are made with the intent of being our slaves and doing these menial tasks. And the, 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 the Science teachers, like, no, you know, they they're more than that. But they've been programmed to not be able to love. So like that's kind of the plot line there. Okay. The subhumanoid Victoria and Roger falling in love is because they're not programmed to be able to do so. Right. And so it's
2: not like the dean is trying to take over the world with them, right?
0: Yeah, okay. he's he just want, essentially wants like a quick buck off of them.
2: Yeah. And okay. if they
0: feel feelings
2: then he can't because they're
0: because then they'll think for themselves. So I guess there is a little bit of like I, I don't know what Lloyd's directly commenting on. Yeah, but it feels like this script was written with the intent of saying something, but yeah, I just feel like it was a little too dense uh, of a story because I could I I, I not even tell you what the fuck this movie is really about and we're talking about it right now. Like I, I know what it's about, but it's it's not a plot that I'm ever going to be like you know what was a well really well told story. Class of Newcom High 2, Subhumanoid by Oftown. It's like, right. I'm going to go back to this film, probably not anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to go back to this one because of how cool the effects were. Like, this is a film I feel like I'd want to show people. Like, Yeah. Because um, it's insane. And that's actually one thing that I thought, I've always felt that Trauma did really well. Their films are like assault, uh, like an assault to the senses. Yeah, where it's like a cacophony of sound and visuals where you're just kind of like getting beat over the head constantly with everything from, you know, music to visuals. There's never there's always something going on. Feel like I really feel like I had notes for this film.
2: I really don't think you did. Yeah. I don't remember you taking any notes.
0: Um but that's one thing I've always liked about Troman, and what they do is this It never lets up. Yeah. And it's uh, and I've always really appreciated the weird punk rock aesthetic of his films as well. Yeah. Um so much so that like when I met Lloyd Kaufman for the first time when I was at Can um You know, I went and dressed a certain way because I thought, you know, this is how how you do things. You mingle and yada, yada, yada. And that's how most people were. You dress nice, handshakes, getting, you know, having drinks with people, wheeling and dealing, all this bullshit that I really don't like doing. Um, But then I, me and my, my buddy Greg, who was actually on a Rocky episode, who was, was, who's, he's, who introduced me to, well, actually, no, I knew of Troma before then, but he's what made me a bigger fan. We were walking around and we saw someone vomit. Like green goo, with like red liberty spikes and a and a leather jacket. I'm like, oh, well, this ain't like can. And then we looked at and it was like it's trauma protesting something, and I was like, okay, this is cool. So I was like, their 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 look and their style kind of always informed a lot of what I like and a lot of the music and their films and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not to say Class of Newcomb High 2 *Subhumanoid Meltdown* is not without merit. It's just not nearly as memorable as the first film, which actually I feel like is a legitimately good film. It's got a lot that has to say. Um, It's a lot about... It's got a message essentially about teen sex and and having unprotected sex. That's kind of what Lloyd's M.O. for that film was. Just like the Toxic Avenger was him commenting on pollution. Right. This one... Just felt like it felt aimless. It felt like it was just made. And um, this doesn't, this does not surprise me at all. It felt like it was made for the home video market because Lloyd's the first one to say it's like tra- home video was great for trauma. Right. Because we didn't have to worry about our stuff being seen in theaters because if you had some good gore scenes and nudity, it would get rented a lot. Yeah. And so, and probably some of that's because Lloyd didn't direct it, but. Right, but um, I think he kind of redeemed himself at least one of the next two films. <laughs> um, after many many years, Lloyd Kaufman decided to go back to the well, and one of the t- one of the franchises that made him famous was Class of High. Uh, Lloyd's been trying to get another Toxic Avenger film made, but um, I don't know this for a fact. But after it's gone through periods of remakes where people were going to remake the film and haven't, uh, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. It's gone through these periods of remakes. Like, at one point, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to play the Toxic Avenger. And, uh, that it was would have a, been incredible. It would have been great. Uh, it's, I would have seen that. It's still getting remade. And right now, apparently, Lloyd is working with the studio. I remember but be, you
2: telling me it was going to be remade back from like when we first met.
0: Because that was. It was. But then that <laughs> fell through. Oh, okay. It became a whole thing. And um, Lloyd has made it where he can still make his own films. But I feel like he hasn't touched Toxic Avenger as much because... If I was Lloyd, I'd want to put out a new one when a, when a big budget one is coming out. Yeah. So I feel like he went back to the well and went back to Class of Newcom High because it's one of the films that made him popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the two part film Return to Newcom High, Volume One, and then Return to Return to Newcom High, aka Volume Two. Um, I had I'm a little biased towards the first film. Uh, when I met Lloyd it, in Cannes, it was when he was promoting this film, and I got tickets. And let me preface this by saying, ticket to get tickets in Cannes is not easy. Mm-hmm. But I got tickets to a screen, one of the first screenings of *Return of Newcom High*. So me, Greg, and our other friend Scott went and just had a fantastic time. It's like we're in we're in France and we're watching a trauma movie in an actual <laughs> theater. How weird! And, um, and then it was one of the, it was the first movie you ever bought for me when it came out on Blu-ray.
2: Was it the first one? Yep. Oh.
0: It was pretty early on in our relationship. I just
2: remember going to Best Buy.
0: Uh, it was before I was working at Target. Oh, really? It was right before we started work, I was working at Target because I had no money at all. And I was eyeing it up and you decided to buy it for me. (laughs) And funny enough, this is your first time watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh so you haven't
2: watched it since i bought it for you either have no you?
0: i had oh, I, yeah. I, oh. uh when I, I was working on a project with greg and he and he wanted to rewatch it back when i was living with mom oh, and okay. so we put it on and watched it then and then i've gone back through and watched scenes from it but um tell me a little bit what you tell me about your thoughts on it especially not having the memory of the original class of newcomb high but i feel like the film does a good job of catching you up what did you think of i guess volume one and volume two
2: I mean, I feel like it could have been a single movie.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, In volume one, I really liked. Volume two had its moments, uh, which is why I feel like putting it into one film could have been better. Like, there's a lot in volume two that I feel like just kind of didn't need to exist. Might have been funny, but wasn't necessary. Um, I liked the effects of those also i feel like they still did a really good job like the melting mm. effect of that one girl in the beginning um when she like literally was
0: fucking cool yeah, yeah that
2: was incredible uh and that one was just shot really well the first one yeah like the sets were really cool the locations that he got i mean and it just it looked nicer than a trauma movie ever should
0: <laughs> yeah like it just it seems in this movie that movie like wow low budget it's like oh this is pretty yeah and that's not something I ever thought I'd say. Like, only other time I've I've said that about a Troma movie was there's certain sequences in *Tromeo and Juliet*, uh, which I think is some of the is still the best directing Lloyd's ever done. Yeah. In terms of showing the love between two characters, like he was actually making a real story. But um, no, especially it's Lloyd's first foray into digital filmmaking because right. he's been completely even *Poultrygeist* was shot on film. Right. Um. And I agree with you. It's like my, my my biggest complaint when I saw it in Cannes was like I had a fantastic time and I loved the movie. The only reason I had a hard time like giving it even a better review is because it cuts off at a certain point And it's like this is where part two is going to begin. But even where it cuts off, it's like I feel like the story's kind of getting close to its climax. Right. And when I was at Cannes, Lloyd did a and a beforehand and he said he's like um, – He's like, Quentin Tarantino is a fan of Troma, which he is. He's like, and we're a fan of him. And he broke Kill Bill up into two films. So we thought, we're going to make this movie into two movies. And then I... I mean,
2: I'm not surprised that if he did it just because of that, but...
0: Greg leaned over at me. He's like, I bet they didn't finish the film. Yeah. And I was like, that's realistically what I think. Like, I'm sure no one's going to admit it. And I'm sure uh, people like Lloyd would yell at me. He's like, this has always been the intention, but... I always just kind of get the feeling because like I could, I could seriously go through and take both films and make it a two hour film.
2: Oh yeah. Easily. Cause it's,
0: it's the first one's only like an hour 25 anyways. The second one's an hour 25. It's like you cut out all the filler of part two, but no, I will, I will love part one. Cause like you said, it looks like they had a legitimate budget. I was tickled pink to see nighttime shoots outdoors because yeah. normally that takes a lot more light. It's like and that car, that car, that beautiful. factory that Tromorganic Organic was was set in. It's like yeah. this is a, this is a fantastic location. Oh
2: my god! But the terrible like yes. like green screen of the factory in the second one was yes. so bad. <laughs> so
0: I believe that they had the money. That didn't ha- they didn't have the same budget they had on part one. Oh, I'm so not they trying. they had a gr- fantastic looking factory. That actually gave me reminded me a lot of the the factory in Metropolis. I don't know if that was intentional, but that's. I also wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional because Lloyd is a cinephile. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me these feelings of of Metropolis. They couldn't get that. I don't think they could get that location again in part two, and they need to show it. And well, like, they, they didn't even
2: try to make it. Blend no, in.
0: They, they Lloyd's got a green screen in his office because like I've I've like. When I asked him to shoot that little bit for Twisted Dreams Film Uh Festival, I believe they just pulled the green screen down in his office and they shoot it right there. Right. Um, But they just seriously just recycled the footage from part one. And and they like
2: changed the colors. So like you could tell like it
0: was. They put, they just put Lloyd in that scene and just made him big enough so that way you couldn't see that he's actually in that scene in the background. (laughs) Right. Uh, And it looked terrible. But like, there's things I did like about part two. Like, oh I, yeah, no, there,
2: I mean there were parts I, that I liked too. Like, I liked Kevin a lot. Kevin, he,
0: like, Kevin, mutated. the mutated duck. Like, yeah, he was great. fantastic. And I also,
2: Lloyd when he was mutated, and they're just whole yep. like.
0: I also battle. love like I wish they would have t- they would have f- done a little bit of this in part one, but like. So Lloyd's character in the movie is named Herzkoff, which is Michael Herz, his partner, and Kaufman's name put together but it does sound like a Nazi leader Mm -hmm. and like they, they make Lloyd's character seem like a Hitler esque figure. I was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting way to do it. Um, or like, I wish they would have done a little of that in the first one. Yeah. It would have
2: blended a little bit better.
0: Yeah. But like for me, some of the things that Lloyd did extremely well in these, in these two films, is like we said, the effects, um, the cinematography I think is really good I love mm-hmm. the music uh, A group called The Tiger Lilies Did all, almost all the music In the film yeah. And it just had A different feel Because most A lot of times Troma used synth scores They did back in the day Because it's a lot cheaper To buy a keyboard Than to rent out An orchestra
1: Right Give me some of that
0: Uh, so I liked having a different vibe. It, it's this weird, like, falsetto polka music, almost. <laughs> and it just it has a completely just different feel than anything else that Lloyd's put out. But, um, yeah, before we t- tackle a little bit more, did you have any things that you particularly liked about this film? Any characters, scenes?
2: I liked, honestly, I liked both the main characters. I can't think of their names right now, but the rich girl, um, and then...
0: Uh, her, her name was Chrissy. Chrissy, I'm yeah. trying to remember... What the other character's name was? It's Chrissy and I'm looking it up, so that's why there's I'm saving time. Chrissy and Lauren.
2: Yeah, I liked them a lot. Um, I just felt like they had, granted, like their love interest kind of got like blown out of proportion really early. Like you know when they would do like the slow like the Mm -hmm. zoom ins as they were like falling Mm -hmm. in love with each other was definitely over the top. But like their their interactions were fun, mm-hmm. and I liked both of their characters individually and together. I felt like they were they made a good mm-hmm. good couple. Um, Zach was funny mm-hmm. and ridiculous, but funny.
0: And it's weird too, because like I, I've I don't know him super well, but yeah. I, I've known Zach since I met him at Can. Yeah, and funny funny story about that. Um, there's a story that was going around at Can. That because they're all the, the the team who did Great Gatsby was also there advertising that. And the Great Gatsby people threw a huge party that got seems appropriate interrupted by a man streaking.
2: Oh, god, that was Zach. <laughs> okay, he
0: got thrown out of the party for that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I so I, I met him at Cannes, and then uh, we've we talked sometimes on the internet, and we talked with him at uh the trauma dance film festival that we went to yeah and it's to me it's like zach's not playing a character that's just zach
2: and a little bit i talked to him i'm not surprised like it totally makes sense um i was really cracking up about the glee club and how being mutated made them better singers yeah um that was that was great
0: I I also love too because like how dated the film is at this point because it was like made in twenty thirteen so like Glee was a was a popular show at the time yeah and then constantly taking jabs at Glee it's like oh that's not a thing anymore guys
2: well when the movie came out
0: <laughs> it was at the time yeah. yeah
2: but um yeah I just liked that one a lot I felt like it it had the ridiculous jokes that I expect from trauma but it was. In a way that felt right.
0: I also liked the group of Cretans quite a bit. Oh
2: yeah, like, no. The Glee I, Club was fantastic I, I when they lo- became
0: Cretans. And I love the guy in a wheelchair. And I like, and he's <laughs> like he's like, Oh my god, my wheelchair has been inexplic- inexplicably mutated as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was dying at that too. <laughs> he's like, Oh my oh my, I can I think I can feel my legs. Nope. Nope. S- still can't. <laughs> still crippled. Uh like they they all just they they had a lot of fun with it too. Yeah. And I, I
2: I like that the Jewish guy was a Jewish cretin. Yeah, like he still had his.
0: He still had his menorah yeah. and he still had the the y- the yarmulke and
2: yeah.
0: And like, there's a strangely, weirdly wholesome scene, like when right after they become Cretans and they're like driving down the street in their two cars and they're all like trying to touch each other's hands from both vehicles and I was like this seems strangely adorable, right? And I and I appreciated the heck out of it. Yeah. It also, um, the part one also had one of my favorite scenes that Lloyd's ever directed. With and the, for la- with
2: the couple,
0: yeah, and for lack of a term, I just call it the rape door scene because <laughs> the band who's playing in the band is called Rape Door, right? And a band called Rape Door should not have a song that's is not, is, is catchy and strangely pretty as it is, because the lyrics are just simply, um, "This is the last song I'll ever write. I'm going to kill myself tonight." It's just that yeah. that line over and over again for three minutes. And I'll play a bit of it right, uh, I'll play a bit of the song right now for you. This is Should not like I've been I've been singing that song over and over again to myself and I was like I should not sing this out loud because people are gonna get the wrong idea. But the scene is essentially just two these two characters essentially falling deeper in love and they're just dancing with each other and there's nothing flashy or nothing intro, like nothing overly interesting about it. But great direction is when you allow your actors just to be and to act. Yeah. And I thought he did that really well.
2: And that wasn't that the first moment where they kind of accepted to each other that they're
0: that they're that
2: they're okay with that they want to be with each other because mm-hmm. they definitely comment on how being a lesbian is not okay in in Tromoville There's at this a, time period.
0: There's actually a line in the movie that I that abused me. Once again I gotta look it up. I had it in my intro originally but I decided to cut it out because it felt forced. Um yeah the uh Chrissy actually comments at this school LGBT stands for Lynch, grope, burn and torture. Yeah. So like it's it's not okay to be gay in Tromaville. It's kind of like that scene in Heather's where they're like, yeah. you know, if you're not drinking a brewski, it, they assume you're wearing a dress. And um, so that scene was was nice because mm-hmm. it just you know made it feel like okay, here L- Lloyd's not just having these girls be gay to
2: yeah
0: add extra boobs in the movie. It felt like that was his intention for this story.
2: Yeah. And um, I, I liked that scene specifically because of them that it just felt like that's when they really fell for each other. And, you know, hit that point where they're like, okay.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, I, I totally blanked out for a second. And then from that point on in the film, they, um, they, uh, they have sex. And then they mutate to, like, these weird... (laughs) Which they only do once.
2: Yeah. And they go back. And no one else went back to normal people after that.
0: Yeah. And that happened in the original film where they mutated once. But, like, I'm amused that it was never commented on again. That, like, they mutate. And Chrissy... Uh, has, like, a big pregnant belly and can shoot, like, acid out of her, her boobs when she's lactating. And Lauren has a giant dick that she just crushes people's skulls with. Yeah. And eats hearts. Yeah. It becomes insane. It be they, they kill a bunch of cretins at, like, this crazy party. Which, that party alone shows how much money Lloyd had. Like, there was, like, fucking dirt bikes and things. It's right. like, wow, they... They they just they comment on it in the in the second film, but they never show it again.
2: Wasn't that? Was I don't know if it was in that's that part or like that location, or if it was in the second one where they uh, misspelled layer. Yes, over
0: and over there's again a great the visual <laughs> joke where they're trying to spell layer, and um, they I assume
2: it's supposed to say like Cretan's layer, and
0: and they have it like like at least six or seven times misspelt and crossed out, yeah. and like one of them was L A Y O R
2: l-a-h-o-r i think
0: and it's uh you pointed it out and it's such a great joke um and then a little bit more happens in the film it's just more arguing with the Cretans and then it ends with chrissy um bleeding in the shower but it's like bleeding green goo yeah and then it ends and it's like the film pick the next one picks up with actually a really great homage to carrie where have you ever seen carrie I don't think so. Um, there is a uh, the opening scene of Carrie is going through the women's shower, and it's all in slow motion. And uh, you see all the women, all the women in the, the the shower room laughing, and eventually goes to the shower, and you see Carrie like having her period for the first time. And they're all just laughing at her and everything. Oh, it's what? Yeah, um,
2: that's upsetting.
0: I might be remembering the scene wrong, but I believe that's how it plays out. Um, I haven't seen it since high school, but um,
2: well, now I we need to watch that.
0: We can rent it tonight. Okay. Okay. Well we're, well, we're on Carrie tonight. Um it's actually uh one of the Brian De Palma films that while well, I've obviously seen I haven't seen since I became became a fan of Brian De Palma. Okay. So, it's one that I've been wanting to recheck out, especially cuz I think Scream Factory put it out. Oh, nice. Um but so we see um Chrissy bleeding and then it's like turns into like a greenish color um and we find out that she's pregnant with a duck creature. <laughs> and then there's a lot of awkward scenes of just naked women getting covered in in blood and guts and everything. Yeah, But uh, she gives, Chrissy gives birth to this weird duck creature.
2: We need to talk about the one woman, though, <laughs> that could hold her phone under her boob.
0: Yes. So during this scene, <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, she's giving birth. And they're taking pictures and everything. And then they all start getting like... Like blood and meniscus, because she's giving birth right there, and they all get very messily. Yeah, <laughs> and they all get covered in blood and everything. And there's this one woman whose boobs are so big she can hold her phone underneath her boobs unsupported. And Amanda's been obsessed with this ever since. Like
2: how? That doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> and like but she's, like mo- them- and she's not like she's standing still. She's moving a, a lot, lot. Yeah, and it doesn't fall.
2: <laughs> and, and it's it's not like it was. Like fake like that was the, I mean at least it looked like a legitimate phone. like that is where they put a phone and it stayed.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then Chrissy gave birth to this duck creature. we forgot to mention in the first tr- in the first Newcomb High, she was raped by a duck. The Cretans caught her, and she has a pet duck. Her pet duck, Kevin. They caught the duck, and they shoved it down her mouth, and it was a whole fucking scene where she had a duck stuck in her mouth and everything. A Mutated duck. Uh, he was, was he mutated at that point? Yes. Oh yes, he had to have been. Yeah, because he
2: had like the green eyes and the yeah.
0: teeth. Um, <laughs> and because of which, they have like a really kind of amusing cartoon of the duck just like throwing up semen into her stomach, and that's how she got pregnant. I don't think that's how anatomy works, Lloyd, but she gives birth to a duck creature, and they have to... Uh, Whose
2: eyes are very creepy, by the
0: way. Yeah, they're partially c- CGI, partially, like, animatronic. It's weird. Um, and then the duck grows up to be a mutated fucking hulking superhero, very much like the Toxic Avenger, and he's Kevin the Wonder Duck. Not
2: um, the duck baby doesn't do that.
0: N- oh, I- yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. I'm actually getting my stuff confused. The duck baby um He's a baby stays through a, the, through the yeah. entire film but then kevin the wonder duck since he is finally mutated
2: yeah
0: he fully. he is going to save his baby um so pretty much like the film this film was weird because it it honestly felt like they just took the climax from the last film and they're like we do not have enough for a movie let's just fill it out so they have these really terrible talking Tromaville skits which the first time it cut to i thought it was funny uh but, but they weird. kept yeah. doing it um
2: i didn't i see the point in that
0: and uh we find out um since this movie is still really new i'm not gonna spoil it well actually no we spoil shit on this show all the time i
2: was like you have a disclaimer at the beginning
0: disclaimer this is another disclaimer this is a spoiler we find out that lauren's father is actually warren from the first newcomb high film And there's a fantastic sequence. It made me laugh so hard, where they took a bunch of scenes from the first class of Newcomb High and very terribly CGI'd Lloyd's head over the character of Warren. You should
2: explain that Lloyd is Warren.
0: Lloyd Kaufman plays Warren in this film, and... Lloyd Kaufman plays Warren in this film and they just go back and just poorly CGI Lloyd's head <laughs> over the character. And there's a really goofy sex scene of Lloyd just with his head over the character and yeah. we find out that's her father and and she was the little leech thing that the, the woman in the original Newcomb High threw up into the toilet and then she grew up <laughs> to be a person and now, that
2: makes sense <laughs> and
0: um lloyd has this weird subplot where he to he found eternal youth by by sniffing young people's farts and that keeps After him alive they
2: have eaten the
0: yes the they make toxic food at trump who would have thought Food Tro- foodstuffs does not make organic food they make toxic food and Which I, looks
2: like guac in a taco shell taco shell.
0: It kinda looks delicious. I'm like I, I really
2: just wanted tacos and guac after that.
0: And if they and if, if a young person eats this this food, their farts is then like the what what makes you de age. So Lloyd's obsessed with with huffing it through like a face mask, like they do in Blue Velvet, and there's a really awkward scene of him dancing like in um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. The movie's nuts. I like, could feel his very direction. Oh, and
2: after after a while, doesn't he kill the people and turn them into the food? Yes.
0: Yeah, so it's like chicken the and the kids, egg type yeah. thing, um, which is actually a uh, a storyline for an episode of The Simpsons. Really? Not the fart part, but turning students into food.
2: Oh, I feel like you remember that, yeah.
0: It was yeah. one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. I yeah. feel like that might have been in something, too. Probably Soylent Green. Yeah, Soylent Green is people. You haven't seen Soylent Green. So nope. You don't get it. Okay, never mind. Um, spoiler for Soylent Green if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> How many um, disclaimers
2: do you want in one
0: episode? Plenty, plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this this film, just, like I said, just felt directionless. Like It felt like it had the part that was continuing... Mm-hmm. The storyline from the first one, but then it just kind of fell fell into like an area of fan service where it's like let's bring back a bunch of actors and characters. They and just had
2: to pad time realistically. I I really feel like that's just what it was.
0: And I'm bummed out because I've been waiting for this film for like four or five years. Yeah. And it's not a bad film. And it's a film. It's it's just they set the bar so high with Class of Newcom or Return to Newcom High Volume One. Yeah. That it just kind of felt like. A deflated balloon. Yeah, Um, and like I said, I really feel like I could. I'd love to uh, the, to try to like just edit it all into one film, but I, I guess the best way to say it is, um, you know, because you 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 got lucky where you got to watch part one and part two right after each other. Yeah. For me, I don't know if part two was worth the four or five year wait.
2: I mean, even watching them right after each other, like I said, I mean, I enjoyed parts of it. Um. I can't imagine being like, "Oh, you know, I want to watch uh Return to Newcom High Volume 2 no. tonight." Like I feel like you have to watch them together or it just seems like Volume 2 isn't worth it.
0: Yeah, Volume 2 by itself is not worth it. Like I could see myself going back and rewatching Volume 1 and yeah. even just by itself. Yeah. Uh but, but if w- you want
2: the complete story, you obviously have to finish with Volume 2, but I just like I would have n- no interest in it by itself. You
0: no, know, it's it's kind of like wa- watching Goon 1 and Goon 2. Yeah. Goon 2 is made better if you watch Goon 1 first. Yeah. Because Goon One is a great film, Goon Two is not a bad film at all. It's actually a really just, good film. You need the stuff from the first. Y- yes, one. I. It's it's like you commented when we showed your brother Goon. It's like what, what about all that other stuff? And you're like, oh yeah, that's in the sequel.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. And that's kind of how this film feels. Is it it, it it completes the story, which I appreciate. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like for having padded their 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 time, I was actually really happy with the story. Like I there is. A, I love too that they they like made Lloyd into this weird monarchical character. Yeah. I love Kevin the, the Wonder Duck. I, I love
2: like the creature that Lloyd mutated into, and yes. in, like his like battle. With, oh my
0: god! Yes, with, uh, Lloyd mutates into this fucking amazing looking creature, and they like actually
2: Kevin comes and saves everyone from.
0: And they have a line at the beginning of the film too, and it, like I, I don't remember the exact line, but it was something along the lines with. Is like I'm just gonna end up. Someone's gonna end up turning into a creature that is unable. That look kind of looks like rubber. That's unable to move its mouth. <laughs> and they and, they all kind of look at the camera at that point. And
2: didn't he mutate because he ran out of farts? Yeah. So I think like so it's like theoretically he would just get old because it's reversing the effects of the farts, which is keeping him young. But no, he just like mutates into this crazy creature. And it was hilarious when he was like dying or whatever was happening and he was just standing there but it kept yes. cutting to his like, like it, visual it had, it
0: had this amazing and i, I will say I, I don't mean that like um sarcastically, sarcastically this literally amazing um kaleidoscope effect because uh, cause, uh there, there's a scene uh, for those of you who've seen the original class of newcomb high the creature is destroyed by a laser that the science teacher has they still have that laser at newcomb high for some reason. Um, and there's a, a fantastic sequence where, where, uh, Lauren shoots the laser and it reflects off something. We have this great, like my, it's pretty much Lloyd being able to throw as many references and people in the film as possible. Cause like it's bouncing back and forth throughout New York and like it kills the angry video game nerd <laughs> and it kills I a bunch that. of other people. It actually kills God. And they <laughs> cast Ron Jeremy as God. Um, but then like it ends up killing the creature and this greek kaleidoscope effect shows up and it's really gnarly and crazy and it's it kind of makes you feel like you're on drugs um, and He's like
2: seeing his life flash before his yep, eyes And so you see like this cr- like
0: the, the creature's convulsing and freaking out But then it'll cut to the perspective Of the characters and the creature's just standing Completely still <laughs> just drooling And then it'll cut back to like all this insanity And it, it, it just keeps Cutting back to him just standing there drooling And occasionally something <laughs> will pop on him <laughs> <laughs> and, and just The juxtaposition of, of the insanity And the creature not moving that is was so great Like I will say Class of High 2 made me laugh hard and more than the first one did. You but mean volume two? Yeah, volume two yeah. made me laugh harder and more than the volume one did, but the volume one is just such a better made Yeah, movie.
2: volume one is a, is a really good movie and I enjoyed it as a movie. Volume yeah. two was, it had, it got, it got even more crazy in a way that I Assume would ha- would have happened,
0: yeah, being and, from Lloyd, because like, and in, in while the Volume One is not tame by any, no, extent, it's but not. compared to Part One, it feels tame, yeah. It's it's actually kind of crazy. So like, the films do work as a one and two piece, and I'd love to see it happen. I don't know if it ever will. Quentin Tarantino has said he'll kill Bill, you know, because they're broken up in the two films. Yeah, he has done an edit of the film. That's called like the whole bloody affair, and it's he cuts them into one singular film. So cuts, you know, cuts out the credit sequences and everything, retools some scenes so that way it's one film. I'd love to see them do that with this.
2: Oh, I don't think they would, but yeah.
0: Give me a version of Return of Newcom High that's just one solid film, yeah. and maybe cut out some of those talking trauma sequences.
2: I feel like some of the stuff that got really crazy in Volume Two that felt kind of out of place. Would have felt less out of place if they had hinted towards that stuff in the first one.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know what I mean, like, like um, the whole needing the farts to stay young. Like they didn't actually.
0: No, other than about, the...
2: other than them actually eating the tacos and
0: farting a lot.
2: Yeah, they didn't actually like hint that that mm-hmm. was his reasoning. Um, so I feel like that makes it a little disjointed between the two. So that would be interesting yeah. to see if they made it into one film.
0: I will say, though, there are uh, two sequ- uh, a sequence from each film that I really love. And, and funny enough, this joke works better having seen Volume 2 when Lauren is talking to her aunt about like her real father and everything. And he's like, oh, he's just a deadbeat dad and everything. And they're like, what's that? And there's a shadow of a, the number four on the back. It's like, oh, that's foreshadowing. And I was like, what are they foreshadowing? They never explain what they're foreshadowing to. But then finding out who that. Lauren's dad yeah. is. Like the literal foreshadowed on the wall.
2: I forgot about that. Is one that. of my favorite visuals. Because
0: like, <laughs> it's great too. Because like they could have just had it in the background just as a, as a, as like a little nod if but anyone knows. Not no, that's not
2: got to draw attention them to it. <laughs> commenting
0: on it made it funnier. And normally that <laughs> right. ruins a joke, but strangely. With
2: trauma that's expected.
0: But my favorite, one of my favorite sequences in part two was when they got super meta and they when Pat told him to st- stop the edit and there's a whole scene oh my of God, Pat avoids yes. wife Pat I and Lloyd that. editing, uh, arguing in in the edit bay about cuz uh, the it was a character's uh Uh, was just about to to jack off and and ejaculate everywhere and it's actually the actor who played Melvin in the original Toxic Avenger and they stop it right before it happens and they have a whole argument about how Lloyd's just trying to add more ejaculate into the film and he needs to stop adding constant boobs and everything and just to hear... she doesn't
2: want her name on it if that's what's going to be like. And
0: to hear Lloyd and Pat arguing about that is fantastic. I don't know if I can. I'm going to contact Troma and see if there's any way I can get audio of that clip just so I I can throw it in there, but it's, it's it's. I
2: would just love to watch just them arguing, yeah, in like a, uh, like consistently for like a movie just like,
0: about their life. Yes, like I, I I would watch that 100%. And actually, there's a there's a a, a line what he refers to as blue apron wife. Because he has a series of videos on his on his Instagram of his wife cooking Blue Apron
2: meals. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. But that yeah, was, like, so I was called, wondering, like, why? So
0: your first tour's Blue Apron wife. Um, and, like, the entire time she's like, you just want to add more dick in this movie. And, of course, it keeps cutting back to Lloyd, like, filleting a banana in his uh, yes. amazing Tupac hoodie. Yeah. He, Lloyd's got a hoodie that is just... From neck to pelvis, Tupac's face.
2: Can we also talk about the poor editing guy that was sitting at the desk that <laughs> had to sit there and kept getting dragged into their argument?
0: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um, so yeah, those are some those, those are some things that I really appreciated out of uh, part one and part two. Um, how about yourself? Give me a little rundown if there's any scenes that you that I might not have mentioned that you particularly like.
2: I mean, I mean, I kind of already mentioned the ones that I really liked. You know, with um, I really liked the melting effect mm-hmm. from that one. I liked the once you mentioned it, the party scene with the Cretans mm-hmm. and all of that was ridiculous and hilarious and was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just liked Kevin the Duck when he mutated. I got would watch a movie just about of Kevin, Kevin the, Duck.
0: the Duck. Well, Lloyd is always really big on trying to create new characters. That's why he keeps trying to make Dolphin Man a thing. See, um, I'd watch
2: Kevin the Duck before I watched Dolphin Man.
0: I agree. Um, Kevin hopefully Kevin the
2: mutated duck.
0: Hopefully Kevin the mutated duck becomes a thing. I hope so. Like Toxic Avenger had a car- had a Saturday morning cartoon for kids.
1: Toxic Crew
0: anything can happen hint
2: at that the toxic crusaders yes
0: it's all actually it's all on amazon prime really watch toxic crusaders for free Hmm. but it's also probably on troma's youtube page because troma uh gives away a lot of their movies for free
2: i'm not surprised yeah
0: Lloyd doesn't believe pirating's a thing it just helps him he says
2: it's true i mean more people know about it they'll seek out his other movies
0: yeah but um uh, another dumb little joke I liked in Part One is when the Cretans got all stuck trying to exit the door, and
2: uh, the, the wee Cretan yeah. just goes Mrah! I forgot about that.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Ultimately, like, *Class of nu- Return to Nukem High* Volume One is always going to have a special place in my heart. Just having, especially when I got to see it. Um, I'm glad I got to see the whole story,
2: especially um, at the same time.
0: But um, It was better
2: I, than just watching volume two by itself.
0: I will say after seeing, like, uh, I haven't watched the trailer yet for it, but Lloyd just dropped a trailer for his new film, Shakespeare Shitstorm. Well, I'm
2: excited just because Zach's in it.
0: Yeah, our our friend uh, Zach. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach, not the other Zach. But, yeah, Zach Bassam from the band The Big Bad. They're, they've got a scene in there. Um, and maybe instead of our normal outro music, I'll play the audio for the trailer for Shakespeare Shitstorm for, for is you. Is there
2: all. audio in the, or no?
0: I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, we'll okay. find out. <laughs> but, um, like I said, um, I'm just glad that Lloyd wants to keep directing. And I've seen some screenshots from it. And there's some really artful looking stuff that they do. And um, they proved of Tromeo and Juliet, when they're aping a existing story, mm-hmm. they can do something really good, really interesting. I'm trying to remember um, the story that Shakespeare's Shitstorm is supposed to be spoofing. It's... I think it's... Hold on. I'm going to cut all this empty space out.
2: You usually say that, and then you don't usually
0: cut it out. No, I cut some of it out.
2: Oh. The stuff that I remember existing, I usually still hear in the final episode.
0: It's, uh... It's, uh... They, uh... They called it a traumatized adaptation of William Shakespeare's The Tempest. Okay. So... We've got that to look forward to. And um, I said, uh, if Lloyd actually ends up listening to this, um, he's just been a big influence in my life. Yeah. Like he he re-energized me a couple times in terms of filmmaking to just keep doing. And in a weird way, he's also kind of the influence behind doing this podcast because Lloyd's motto is just do something. Right. You know, if you can't do what you want to do, do something. Right. And happy birthday to the man himself. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Amanda? I don't think so. All right. Where can everyone find you on social media?
2: Dogenstein on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Our animals have got uh, their own Instagram page, Dogenstein. Or Um, Amanda
2: Arviers, but there's significantly less activity there.
0: I don't know. Go... If anyone listening, go throw both Amanda and our dogs a a like and a follow. You can find me at Michael underscore... Wait, no. Just...
2: <laughs> Did you forget your Instagram I
0: forgot handle? my Instagram handle. It's not Michael underscore Vires, I don't think. I think it's just Michael Vires. No, it is Michael underscore Vires. I was, gonna I, was say, right. I thought it was... So underscore. you can find me at, on Instagram at Michael underscore Vires. Or you can find the show at Shameless Picture Show. Um... And if you haven't already heard the news, we are officially on Spotify. So please like, like, rate, and review the show. Give us a follow on Spotify or your favorite podcast and app. Once again, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and we're still on SoundCloud. Oh, and we're also streaming directly to Libsyn. So give us a like. Make sure you share the episodes. Share it out so that way new people will discover how much they're gonna like our show that was very awkward (laughs) um once again thanks to kyle arpy for this one uh and if you're not down with that i've got two words for you watch movies